Welcome back to the Wizards of Amazon podcast, your weekly blueprint for explosive success. I'm Carlos Alvarez, full-time successful Amazon seller and organizer of the largest Amazon seller meetup group in the world. Let's do this. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Wizards of Amazon podcast, where we cover all things private label. My name is Carlos Alvarez, and I will be your host for this show. Uh, Today on the show, I have a fellow Wizards of Amazon uh, Facebook group member, and hopefully a soon-to-be fast friend, Mito Posovac. And I think we spent like three minutes trying to get the name right. Mito, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Carlos. Uh, Salvage your your name real quick. How do you pronounce it? I go by Miro or Mito to all my Spanish friends. All right, Mito. See, that's what I'm getting. I'm like, Mito. (laughs) That's fine. Mito, look at me. (laughs) Mito, um, I don't believe we've met at any shows or anything to date, have we? We have not, sir. Okay. But I do know, thankfully, Facebook shows me and I see a lot of your awesome posts in the Wizards of Amazon Facebook group. And I'd say you're one of the more active members there. Your, your answers are really good. You create some, some posts that really get the creative juices flowing. And one of your posts regarding already being a successful entrepreneur and successful seller on Amazon and, and doing what at that time, I assume you thought was you know, competent in PPC. You, you, wind up, you wind up hiring this person, a virtual assistant for PPC, and the results were amazing. So that's one of the things we're really going to get into in the show. And I, I think the listeners are going to gain a great deal of value uh, from it. And before doing that, I would really like the listeners to have an understanding of who Mito is, where were you doing before Amazon, how did you wind up selling on Amazon, that whole journey. Okay, sure. Uh I've always been an entrepreneur. I had my last job when I was 18, which is about 31 years ago. Um, I went off, I got into finance. I did that for a couple of years. Uh, When I was 19, I dropped out of college and I started a computer business. I sell computers to colleges all over the the North America. So I'm a 19-year-old kid, barely growing facial hair, and I'm out there selling selling Yale computers and stuff. It was just, it was a great, crazy time. Margins got leaner and leaner. I was living in Canada at the time. I tired of freezing. Moved down to Fort Lauderdale, lived there for a year, did some computer work. Then ended up moving up to Vero Beach. Vero Beach, if those of you aren't familiar with Florida, it's like Mayberry, only smaller and quieter. Um, there, I ended up opening uh, some check cashing stores, and I ended up having five stores across three counties. Did a lot of consulting work, that kind of stuff, some real estate. And then in 2008, when the bottom fell out of the market here, the economy here dried up. I ended up losing all my business, had a ton of property. Went through bad divorce and ended up like penniless. I was living in a crappy duplex and I rode my kids to school one at a time on a 50cc scooter because they didn't have a car. What? Yeah, dude, it was grim. It was grim. And my biggest frustration, apart from, you know, having my electricity shut off, was I didn't have the money, I didn't have the tools to get, you know, to get buy toner for my printer to print stuff off. Just stupid stuff got on my nerves, right? But I think. You know, I think I kind of stuff just develop it. And then I've always had an interest in natural health, natural health products. Uh, my oldest son got really sick when he was a baby. I went to doctor, doctor, doctor. Nobody helped him. And I'm like, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm going to figure this out. So while I was being successful, I got myself a lot of training in natural health and homeopathy. And I developed a relationship with a supplier. And the supplier relationship was really good because they had a super high quality product, but had no representation in the U.S. So I was able to become their formal U.S. agent. And in fact, the FDA registration goes through me. So everybody's like, do you have a contract? I'm like, no, but I have the FDA registration numbers. So they, you know, and they've been super. People try to go behind my back like on a monthly basis and they always just send back to me. So here I am. I've lost everything. 
I'm living in a crap place. I'm like, I need to start a business today that's going to give you money. So I figured I have this product and I had the margin because I'm buying direct from the manufacturer. So I started selling it. I started selling it, you know, to doctors and knocking on health food store doors and stuff. And looking back now, my packaging was terrible. Like my presentation was terrible. Uh, I got a little bit of bites. I was selling a couple of grand a month, just enough to kind of start getting the lights on. And um, someone told me, hey, you should sell on Amazon, right? What year are we at here? Uh, this is probably about 14, 14, okay. 14. So I'm like, you're going to love this. I don't want to sully my brand by selling on Amazon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right? one of those. Like I, was, like, I was too good for Amazon. Like, are you kidding me right now? So uh, I ended up just putting some stuff up and it started to sell. So I was doing about two grand a month on Amazon for about a year and a half, a little bit of Amazon, a little bit of eBay, but nothing spectacular. And one of my friends who actually, uh, who actually died last year, uh, he sold flags on Amazon. And this guy's a multi-million dollar seller. He goes, look, he goes, you know, get your head out of your ass and, and do this course. He gave me some materials from one of the courses, big course that they have out there. Which course was it? Went, uh, amazing seller. Okay. I went from two grand to 20 grand a month on Amazon in two weeks. And it was a mad scramble because logistically we weren't set up. It was, you know, working from home. Uh, my kids were like 13 and 12, my older ones at the time. And we just, we got crushed by it, right? I was doing a little bit of FBA. I had to learn about FBA and stuff, but we just jumped like crazy. We did so good on it. Um, we got up, we got up real high numbers. And then about two years in, about 2016, my top five selling products were a trademark violation. I thought it was just a commonly used term. It was a trademark that was issued to a competing company in 1920. And they were super cool about it. Like, you know, we have to give you a cease and desist, but they let me run out my stock and shut the product down. All of a sudden, my sales are down like 70%, right? So I'm bringing it back up again. Like, you know, it's so funny talking to people like, oh, Amazon's, there is no free money. It's all work. It's all adversity. It's overcoming adversity, you know, pivot, adapt, whatever else, right? So now we build up, a pretty decent brand on Amazon. I have, you know, probably have eight or nine products that are pretty strong sellers. We're really a niche market. Like we're, we're hitting specific health concerns. Um, a lot of advertising and marketing stuff doesn't work for me. I hired a Facebook guy about a month ago and he's not doing anything for me because what I do is just so specific. I'm solving specific problems and that's what's really been helpful to me. So, let, um, so let, me, let, me, let me take a step back here. With your, uh, first of all, your son, were, were those issues you were trying to solve? Were, they, were you able to solve that with the products that you were working with? Uh, is, is your son better now? Well, absolutely. And, and it's, actually, it's actually really cool because when he was little, I'm talking two, three years old, he got really sick, developed like all these dietary issues. He dropped 40% of his body weight, right? Mm. They're telling me he's going to be retarded. He's doing physical therapy. He's doing cognitive therapy. And everybody's saying, hey, brace yourself for the worst. Um, my son now is 17 years old. He's six foot tall. He already has two associate's degrees. He works for me. You know, kids doing fantastic. So absolutely. So awesome. it was just a matter of just changing direction. Yeah, that, that, that's awesome. And it sounds, I, I agree with you hundred percent as far as uh, a lot of the success on Amazon just requires, it, it comes from, you need to be able to, to pivot when a problem happens, uh, whether it's an accidental knee jerk reaction on Amazon's part, a shift in the market, new competitors. Um, you, you need to be able to pivot, deal with adversity and, and, and push past that. So it sounds like you've been doing that your whole life. Um, oh, oh, I, I loved your story on your first podcast. 
where the guy ripped you off for 81 grand. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't yeah. love that. But what happened was in the middle of one of my financial crisis, I had, uh, I had worked with this guy and I'm not making this up. Okay. Me and this guy were running a finance business and he embezzled $380,000 and mm-hmm. then faked his own death and disappeared. I'm not even joking. Because I, I had the cops in on it. All of a sudden, the cops like, well, he died. I'm like, he died. The guy's like 40 years old. He didn't die. I think, I think he went into witness protection or something. This guy was so dirty. And we made so much money together. I never saw any of it. And all of a sudden, I'd turn over one rock, and there's three more people he scammed. It was just, he was actually banned from a state. That, that, sounds, that sounds almost as intense as, uh, I don't know if you listen to Bradley's, uh, Bradley Sutton Serious Sellers podcast about Chinese mafia and one of his business partners. and. You got to listen to that. That sounds right up there, like a like a, like a book. Right now, the thing is, it's a cool story now, right? But at the, but at the time, you're like, oh my god, <laughs> right? But yeah, absolutely. I think I think in any business, especially in Amazon business, you have to be flexible. You have to have that thing. And uh, one of the one of my big lessons this this year has been really just to have a um, they call it a beginner's mindset. It's also Day one mentality. Team. Yeah, like you know what? Let's let's just stop and let's not be you know. Let's look at it and say, what are we doing? Like, I'm gonna share my screen with you for a second, just to kind of show you what I'm what I'm talking about. And yeah, def- definitely. Just just remember uh, to, to talk it out because this is actually yeah. going on an audio. Okay. Okay. Uh, I understand. So here's what uh, right now I'm bringing up on my screen. I'm bringing up our packaging evolution. So when we first started on the left, you see an aluminum foil package where we got the labeling from Office Depot and printed it on our laser. Then we have inkjet labels. Then in the end, we ended up buying like this $10,000 label printer that just creates these beautiful labels. Like everything we've done really is an evolution in terms of getting our, you know, getting our stuff. Can you, are you back? Did I stop the screen share? Uh, I never, I never saw the screen share. It's black now, but that's fine. I can still hear you fine. Oh, I'm sorry. Here we go. Yeah. No worries. There you go. Anyway, so I was showing a visual of just everything's an evolution. You know, your packaging, your wording. I mean, uh, you just can't say, hey, look, I'm, I'm successful. Put your feet up because stuff's going to happen. Right. But you consider and, yourself at this point on Amazon as a successful seller. Um, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm not making like, you know, eight figures. But what I'm doing is really interesting because I've got a quality of life I didn't have before. When I had, when I had the five physical stores, I had a construction business, I had all these rentals and a hotel, I had all this stuff. My phone rang like 12 hours a day, right? And now I, uh, you know, I take about six, seven weeks of vacation a year. I take my kids to school today. I pick them up. There's a real quality of life that I'm enjoying now. You know, nobody bothers me anymore. I don't have crazy people calling. Well, I have some crazy people calling me, but it's not, you know, it's, hey, your product didn't fix me. Well, you know what? You've had a 30-year health problem. It's not going to resolve in, you know, one dose. So just pull your jets. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I like what you said there too about, um, and then I want to get into this, this actual post that you did in Wizards of Amazon. The, um, yeah, now, now it, it seems like the longer I've been selling, the more and more success is described as seven or eight or now nine figures. Like that's, that, that's how it's being described now by people. And uh, the story I like to say in the meetup group is that the first time I hit uh, eight figures in in gross sales on Amazon. It was almost a decade ago, and it, it, at that point, it was a majority of a wholesale model with a little bit of private label mix. And I used to pull up to the gas station, and and I'd go through like the last four digits on all my cards, wondering which one would not decline. And oh. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I'm <laughs> figures. And back then I was a lot, I was a lot cockier. I was really conceited. You couldn't have a conversation without the word millionaire coming up. And right. I, I, I couldn't put gas. It was just, I was so upside down. So yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's a bad idea to always equate or describe success with the amount of your gross sales. So I totally get that. Well, it was, it was so funny because for me, because I've had ups and downs when my computer business shut down, I was, I was like 24 years old on the verge of bankruptcy and I rebuilt from that. And then again, what happened like 10 years ago, I always tell people I'm successful. Even when I was starving, I was successful. But the reality is where you are right now, life is up and down. You don't know where it's going to lead you. So, so, so here we are, you've, you've pivoted, you've dealt with pretty much every form of adversity that you could deal with as a human being in professional and personal life. Uh, I see you have the lights cut on looking in the video. You're in a really nice house, lights on, fans on. So you're doing a lot better. <laughs> the electricity, yes. <laughs> yes. So, so, so here you are. And then I saw in the Wizards of Amazon Facebook group, you did a post about, you know, you're, you're competent in PPC. You, you'd never describe yourself as an expert. Your business is, is, is doing what you needed to do. It's making good money. It's putting food on the table. And you decided to confront the, the PPC issue. You can correct me on this if I'm wrong, but you decide to confront this issue and you wind up hiring someone from, from FreeUp, which whom I love, I highly recommend. They're a, they're a sponsor of our Amazon seller meetup group. Can you walk me through what, what was the thought process? Like, how did you just decide what, what determined, you know what, this isn't my strong suit. Why don't I hire somebody else? Well, well, here's, I've been using, um, I have two VAs from the Philippines. I started hiring VAs in the Philippines like three, four years ago. The, the pair I have now, I have a married couple. They work for me, do all my graphical stuff. And they're really good and they're sweet and they're, and they're competent, right? But they're not experts. So I've been uh, coaching with uh, Jason Miles and Kyle Hamar. Uh, yeah, Jason Miles on there before. And they're sitting there and they're so good. They're walking me through stuff. Say, Miro, do this and do that. And we had a, an hour-long session where Kyle showed me how to do the Amazon pay-per-click stuff, right? And look, I'll be honest with you. I'm a smart guy, but I'm lazy, right? Sure. And I'm studying this spreadsheet. My eyes are glazing over and I'm thinking, you know what? Even if I figure this out, there's no way I'm going to competently figure this out, distill it into something that I can explain to somebody else. And then worst of all is supervise them forever on how they're doing it, right? Mm-hmm. And I caught your podcast with Nathan where you said, look, I'm not hiring the cheapest VAs I can find. I'm hiring the most expensive ones I can find. I'm hiring people that know what the hell they're doing. I'm like, ding, you know, Miro, really? It, it's so hard because I'm a reasonably smart guy and it gets in the way more than the else. Like if I'm successful, it's because I'm persistent. Being smart has gotten in the way of me professionally. And it, and it sounds like such an arrogant thing to say. And it's, I'm, I'm not, I mean, actually being humble saying I have such a big fat ego and it just gets in the freaking way. <laughs> I, I totally get it. So sometimes I have to check myself because I, I have, a, I have a very large virtual assistant team, I have domestic employees, and I, I default to, oh, I'm going to build this up. I'm going to totally build this process out, and I'm going to build it from scratch because I know how, and this is what I do, and then I'm going to go ahead and learn this. I'm going to stress test it. I'm going to build a process, and I'm going to bring in a virtual assistant. And sometimes that's the right thing to do, but in other times, and, and this is just when I do this, it's... It's an aha moment. And, and I think that's what you heard on the podcast I had with Nathan from FreeUp is hire people smarter than you. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> and, and the first problem is, okay, I have to admit that there's someone else on this planet that's smarter than me. I mean, come on, really? 
<laughs> but yeah, the, the, the other the other thing that comes up a lot is that you know what they're not going to do it like me they're not going to do it the way i do it and when you're hiring someone that's not as as savvy as you yeah that can be a problem but when you're hiring someone better you're right they're not going to do it like you they're going to do it better like classes in session pay attention you're going to learn something so well, well it's funny carlos i have I have a virtual assistant in Canada. She's my copywriter and kind of, I'm making her my project manager. And again, I've known the lady 30 years and we've been good friends. And she's got this really meticulous, grinding, step-by-step -step mentality. And she will actually send me stuff and then she'll come back. Did you read this? Oh, yeah, yeah I read it. She goes, I know you're lying. You didn't read it. And she'll actually read it to me in, on the phone. I'm like, ah, right? But it's a matter of getting skills that you don't have. And I don't have attention to detail. I don't have that ability to grind something out. So you got you to gotta step outside yourself, especially this pay-per-click stuff. I mean, you're talking huge spreadsheets. And I just, you know, if, if there's more than three columns in the Excel thing, I'm out. That's it. Yeah, I'm checking out. I'm done. I, I, on episode three of this podcast, I, I, uh, I interviewed Ramon. And Ramon's, he, he, he describes himself as like a, like a data whore almost. And right. I, for me, Excel opens and, and just a small part of me dies because I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> you know, I, I'm really good at PPC. I, I offer it as a service, but it's, I don't enjoy it. But you have to be able to do stuff like that. Um, I totally get it. So, so, okay. So you heard the podcast. I'm glad something I said on the podcast actually like got you to think that way. And yeah, you know, I was surprised too. And you reached out to Nathan from, from FreeUp. What, what was the FreeUp? Like briefly, like what was the process on FreeUp like for you? Was it, was it hard to find someone? Uh, what did that look like? Well, it was really weird because I've been used to online jobs at PH, which is the Filipino one, right? Mm -hmm. And there you put up a post or even I've used Freelancer. I've used Upwork. Uh, I used Fiverr. Fiverr is hell. Right, because you have such a variety, it's so hard to sift through. Now they're doing better, but anyway, back on track to free up. You put in your job, you only get one or two or even three applicants for the job, which I thought was weird because I was kind of expecting like to go through fifty. Only gives you a couple. Um, I hired this guy from Lithuania. Guy's name is Kovilas. Uh, he runs a team over there, and the guy wouldn't even give me a quote. He goes, he goes, give me access to this, and he went through it. And the funny part is. He, he's like, I may, may have mentioned on the, uh, on the Facebook group, but he's like, uh, so he's being really polite and respectful. So, Amiro, uh, why aren't you advertising your top selling products? Right? And I'm kind of embarrassed because I, I, I assumed I had been. <laughs> right? right. Like, oh, I thought it was. Well, you know, he goes, Miro, if you have a good selling product, it might be good to advertise that product and increase the sales further. And, I, you know, I'm got, trying to keep a straight face. I'm like, yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> so made contact with this guy on the Wednesday. On Friday, I gave him access to go ahead. And between Friday and Monday, he created 1,800 campaigns, 1,800 separate campaigns for about 100 products. I, I, did. I asked you this before we started, before, before we went live here, but I want to ask yeah. it again because when I saw it with that number, I thought, you know, maybe he's just exaggerating. Maybe that's a way to say a lot of campaigns were created. But you, you, you said no. That's that's legitimate. Like that's eighteen hundred campaigns. No, and he did some crazy stuff. Like each product has like ten different campaigns. He, he does it by ASIN, right? And each one has like placement on page, competitors page. He has all these different campaigns for each of the different products. So it was a, it was crazy, right? 
you know, this guy did more work in three days than I've done in six years on Amazon. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, he's just crushing it. Um, and he's eating money, too. It's a pay-per-click campaign, obviously. But he's uncovered these keywords that, you know, two, three dollars spends gets me like 200 bucks in sales. I was like, whoa, this is way better. Because I had like, I'd done a couple of the automatic campaigns, like the stuff everybody tells you. Start an automatic campaign, change it to manual, filter it out. I've done some of that basic stuff. And I had some good, I really had, I'm going to say honestly, 12 performing campaigns. My A cost was 14%. And I wasn't getting much hit on it. Okay. And what was the communication like once it started? Because in the post, you mentioned that your A cost, if you just said it now, was about 14%. And then initially, it, when you started working, it jumped up to maybe 60%. Um, at that point, were you thinking, you know, abandon ship, this was a bad mistake? Uh, or, or were you like, okay, let's see where this goes? Did he, let, did, he, did he let you know this is coming? Yes and no. He was kind of vague, right? Because there'll be an increase in ad spend. Like this guy is like really all business, all professional. He didn't say, hey, dude. Well, you're spending now in, the, in two weeks, you're going to spend every day, <laughs> right? So there was a jump. I had to make adjustments you know, in my budgeting and stuff. But the thing is, I had a corresponding jump in sales. And one of the things that you know, people say to you, your, your pay-per-click is going to do better than you think it's going to do. So when we hit 60% pay-per-click, ACOS, my sales took a nice jump. I took like a nice 20% jump in sales. That's leveled off a little bit because you starting to taper off some of the words. So I call him up in a panic. I'm like, dude, some of these keywords are not performing. He goes, be patient. <laughs> he goes, we're going deeper. So he's adding more and more keywords. But he's doing stuff like uh, a very low bid price and then a 900% adjustment as needed. Right? He's doing some pretty sophisticated stuff. Stuff that I would never in a million years, number one, take the time and energy to learn. And number two, implement in such a disciplined way. Right. Not, not to mention if you're not, familiar with working with like flat files and, and you know bulk files you're not creating it's going to take you a month to create 1800 campaigns um a few things and, and this is if you're if you're open to sharing this how much were you spending in ppc per month prior uh, or like an average if you will how much did it increase uh per month when you started working with this person where is it at now well um rough numbers i was spending about a thousand bucks a month on paperclay okay. okay and i was generating about seven grand in sales directly, right? He jumped me to spending $3,000 a month. And my increase in sales, my sales jumped on the pay-per-click side from seven to about 10, 11,000. So I was kind of at a break even based on what I saw on the, you know, on the pay-per-click reports. However, my other sales jumped up. And one thing that- Right, your total- well, my real goal is customer acquisition. I sell supplements that people take on a regular basis, right? So getting that first customer, I'm okay with. It. First of all, I'm in supplements, so I have margin, right? Number two, uh, my stuff really worked. So what happened was, remember what, two years ago, Amazon changed all their algorithms, right? All, a lot of my products went from page one to page 37. I didn't lose any sales. Even though I lost my first page with most of my products, I didn't well, lose sales. Because were the majority I, of your sales coming from like subscribe and save or, or, or no, why was just, that? Just repeat customers. And I'm getting a lot of word of mouth as well too. Like I get emails from people saying, hey, you know what? So-and-so told me this stuff works. You know, here's my question. What, what kind of stuff? So have you set up a subscribe and save for your products? I have. I haven't done that well with it. For some of my products, that's, that's, that's mother's milk right there. I subscribe and save. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, I do still yeah. so with it. It's weird. But 
so my real goal is customer acquisition. If I can get a customer, and we have a policy where we have 110% money back guarantee, right? So somebody buys a product, we'll give them more than they, they paid for it back. So I'm trying to reduce that first initial fear point, right? But more importantly, let's say someone buys a product for depression and they call me up and say, hey, this product didn't work. I say, look, I have two other products. Everybody's different. This product may help you instead of that one. So I'll give them that other product for free because I want that customer. If I can get that guy locked into my products, I find him the right product, boom, I got a customer for life. So Amazon for you is a, is a I mean, obviously it's profitable, but it's, it's a big uh, lead gen source for you. Uh, what I found was after... Um, after I started doing numbers on Amazon, my website sales went way up. Right. Yeah, that happened, especially for a product like that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And the thing is, I can I cannot carry all my products on Amazon because of Amazon's rules. So someone, if they want to go outside like the mainstream stuff, they got to come to my website. So everything I do has my you know my website and everything else on it. So I can't you know Amazon's been good to me. I have no complaints. Okay. Um, a, a few other questions. One of them: How much did you pay this virtual assistant? Uh, this guy is charging me 150 bucks a week. 150 bucks a week. Do you know how many hours that is that he's working per week doing that? Um, or did you hire the person full time? Uh, he's he runs an agency out of Lithuania. Okay, definitely. Is it an agency name that you want to share or no? Uh, the guy's name is Povilis, and I can't pronounce his last name. And he's through FreeUp, and the the post has actually gotten him a lot of. He sent me a thing. Hey, thanks for the uh, thanks for the heads up, but. Yeah, the guy, you saw the guy, like, he's got a room full of number crunchers and let them go crazy with it. But the interesting thing is, and just talking hard numbers here, my initial plan for pay-per-click was for me to become a pay-per-click expert, to hire someone in the Philippines, a VA, for two or 300 bucks a month and train them how to do it. And then I was going to supervise that person. And I'm thinking, you know, for an extra 300 bucks a month, I just pawn off on this guy and I knock it out of the park. Okay. I really appreciate it. Is there anything else you want to add uh, on that story or anything that you'd like to uh, help sellers out that are listening to this about whether they should hire someone for PPC and, and when that should happen? I think you should hire someone for PPC because it's, first of all, it's complicated, number one. And number two, it's an evolving process. There's always new formulas, always stuff going on. Now, it's an interesting thing. I haven't put this in there, but the same time I hired the Amazon pay-per-click guy, I hired a Google pay-per-click guy and I hired a Facebook expert. All from FreeUp? No, I got them through another source. Now, what happened was the Google and Facebook guys are underperforming. I just had a meeting with those guys a couple of days ago. Two days, I said, look, I said, you guys have two weeks left and then you're out. I said, I'd love it if you guys would knock it out of the park, but you're not, right? And this is really cool. I was, and again, I hate to say this, but um, I'm being coached for almost the last year by uh, Jason Miles and Kyle Hamar, right? And I was kind of saying, hey, what happens if I hire the wrong guy? And, and Kyle says to me, you fire him, right? Right. So I've been, I've been sitting there in a state of paralyzed fear. What if I hire the wrong guy? If I hire the wrong guy, he's out. Like this guy right now, the Google guy and the Facebook guys, they have two weeks to make a miracle happen. If they don't, they're out the door, I'll hire two more. Yeah, I, I, that's I, I, what you I would even add to that, that it, it emphasizes the importance of processes um, when you do hire someone, because it, a lot of times what people get stuck on is I'm going to hire this person and what happens if they don't work out? And, and some of that's not because they realize they don't realize that they can't fire them. It's that 
oh my God, all of this training, this major sacrifice and time that I feel like I already don't have now, just now it's just done. I, I, I'm starting from zero. I need to hire someone or now I need to finish the backlog of work that's been created on my side and find somebody else or, and do this myself. So when you have a process built, even if it's just the onboarding process to work with you, then firing someone doesn't become as painful. And the other thing I'd add is that with me, I like to make sure, uh, only person I've heard say this coincidentally is Nathan from FreeUp. Um, I like to attempt to do an exit meeting to figure out, I, I want to know if it didn't work with this person and they got fired because my processes or my management or my communication and expectations sucked or because you were just a really bad fit. So I, I would add that into the process. But yeah, absolutely. They don't work, fire them. Well, you know, I, I'm going to say this, and, and I started this process hiring VAs four years ago, right? Because I'm thinking VAs got to be the way to go because it's hard to find people here that are motivated and focused. And with all the work I've put into training my VA, the one I have now, which is like the fourth one I've hired, I should have flat out, I wish FreeUp existed four years ago. I would have, I could have hired someone that's already skilled and knowledgeable and not spend two and a half years training somebody. Like it is. I mean, for me to fire my VA right now, the one in the Philippines, I love her, her and her family. I've adopted the family. They're great people. They do everything for me. They do my video editing and stuff. And like, I give them so much work. But a lot of times they're sitting around because I don't have specific stuff for them to do, right? I wish, uh, if, you're, if you're listening to this podcast and you're on the fence right now, I'm going to tell you flat out, hire an expert VA from FreeUp do not hire somebody and think you're going to train them. You want to find someone that knows more than you do because trying to train somebody and then you got to supervise them, it's work. Uh, one of the things that I love about this business, at one point in between, my, between my, my hotel, the check cashing stores, construction business, I had 80 employees. Now, I don't know if anybody here has 80 employees, but it's a lot of work. Like, it's a lot. It's a lot of babysitting, a lot of facilities. You know, we had like, a dozen physical locations. We had all these properties. It was just so much work and headache. And at the end of the day, how much are you making? Like you talk about, hey, I turned X amount of numbers gross. What did you get in your pocket at the end of the day? Wise words never spoken. Mito, thank you so much for your time. I want to be respectful of your time. Amazing. I look forward to having you back on the show in the future. And um, I'm going to jump in the Wizards of Amazon Facebook group right now and let everybody know you crushed it, man. All right. Great, Carlos. Liked what you heard and want to stay connected? Join our Facebook group or find me anywhere on social media at Wizards of Amazon or text the word Amazon to 69922.